0: Happy Mother's Day, everybody, Uh, particularly, particularly, you ladies. Um, You know, I know firsthand that Mother's Day can be uh, a wonderful joy, and it can also be incredibly painful. And so for many years, our tradition here at our church has been to kind of call this uh, Women's Day. It is a day to celebrate um, our sisters in Christ, our mothers in the faith, our our aunts, our grandmas, um, just all of the wonderful uh, women that God has made uniquely in his image that has been a blessing um, to to our church. You know, when I look back at growing up in the church, um, the most significant discipleship that's ever happened in my life has come at the instruction of of women, uh, women who have taught me in kids ministry, women who have taught me in junior high in Sunday school, um, you know, uh, women who were um, just great pillars of strength in in the youth group, and and even um, th- throughout working in the church, working alongside of women, and and really having some wonderful women as, as older mentors and older kind of spiritual mothers, uh, I am so grateful for the impact that you have on not just the world, but also the church. You know, one of the the, uh, the tough things is that um, our world is no secret. It has been and, and very much still is very male-centric and male-dominated. And, and unfortunately, throughout the history of the church, um, sometimes it has looked the same. Um, I am reading an incredible book right now called Extraordinary Women of Christian History by Ruth Tucker. And what Ruth does here is goes through um, history and pulls out um, wonderful women of the faith that have kind of been pushed to the margins or forgotten about or glossed over. You know, we know Mother Teresa, you know, and we know, you know, uh, Amy Simple McPherson, and, and there's like a few others, you know, Ruth and Esther. <laughs> but um, for the most part, uh, especially in, in, in the modern church era, we, we don't really have um, uh, the stories of uh, the, the women of the church on the forefront of our mind. And so this book has been a blessing to me as um, just learning who um, hundreds of of these women are that that most people don't know about, or or maybe you've heard a little bit about them. Um, So what I wanna do, I wanna commend this book to you, um, but I I wanna give away 10 copies as uh, as kind of a Mother's Day present. So this is for ladies only. Dudes, if this is interesting to you, and it should be, you need to go to Amazon and buy your own copy. And I encourage you, if you're a dude and you're like, wait, I've not really thought about the women of the faith, you should buy this book. But for uh, for you ladies, what I'd love for you to do is, is uh, we will buy you a copy. We will mail it to you from Amazon. But here's how you have to do it. You got to go to our YouTube. You got to go to this video on YouTube and make a comment. It doesn't have to, uh, I don't care what you put in there. <laughs> Make it kind, but just if you want one of these books, just put, hey, I want one of the books. And um, if you do that, we will, um, we'll, we'll buy you one. I thought, you know, we'll give one away, and I thought we'll give five ten away. I'm making an executive decision on the fly. <laughs> if you want one and you make a comment, we will buy you one and mail it to you as a gift. And so that's probably better than giving everyone a Mother's Day bookmark that you're not going to use or maybe a, a flower that would be beautiful but die in a few days. Um, we would love to make in this investment in your life. Um, one of the things I love about this book is how it's written. It's not dry. It's really... Um, It's really like, it's hard to describe, but it's not a boring read. And so if this is interesting to you, if you would love to learn about many of the forgotten women of the faith, um, going back from the early church to of recent. I uh, highly recommend this book, and if you'd love for us to uh, bless you with it, go to our YouTube video this YouTube video. make a comment. I know many people watch on our website you got to go to YouTube. I know people listen online through podcasting if you 're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thanks for doing that. but go to our this YouTube video for mother 's Day and make a comment and whoever comments, we will mail you one of these books hey family it's
1: really good to be with you today. you know. This pandemic has really helped, yes, I said helped, uh, Sydney, my wife, and me to realize how much we really do love cooking at home. I particularly love coming up with new recipes and trying new things out with our kids, uh, things that they would like um, and actually eat. Uh, But at the end of a really tough day sometimes, the last thing that I wanna do is turn on my creative brain and whip up a new concoction in the kitchen. So for Sydney's birthday, instead of cooking her up something I got us a reservation reservation at Clementine. Now we uh, we were gonna go all out on this. It's, we're, we're gonna go big for her birthday, right? Now, now for those of y'all that have been to this spot for a meal, you probably know where I'm going with this. But for those of you that don't, let me first say you should go try it out for dinner sometime. A special occasion. It's great for like birthdays and anniversaries. And let me add, it's a really really wonderful um, experience. At this restaurant, they have an option on the menu called Feed Me. Now, let me say this is not the American idea of Feed Me, where you just stuff as many calories down your gullet as you possibly can. No, this is a thoughtful, curated, planned out meal that takes time and uh, to make. It takes time to make. And the chefs are back there. You can watch them making the food. And it takes time to consume. Um, with the Feed Me option, You make no decisions of your own. Let me say that again. You don't order anything, nothing. You just say, I want the feed me option, please. And the waiter says, oh, cool. And then they head back on their merry little way to the kitchen and they inform the chef and the chef turns on the food machine. It's really cool. Then you just sit back and you wait. It was really interesting experience trusting the chef so much with what we would eat that night. But interestingly enough, everything that was set before us was prepared so well and was so delicious. Um, We did nothing and yet we were cared for and well fed. I think about this experience and wonder if I trust the Lord to prepare a table for me in the same way that a table was prepared for Sydney and I. From this idea, from this example is where we're gonna be drawing from today. Let's together uh, read from Psalm 23. I'll go ahead and start at the beginning of the psalm and read uh, to the end of verse five. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And here's our verse for today, verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. This is the word of the Lord. Now, verse five is where we'll be camping today, but I wanted to start off by speaking to the general theme of shepherding and sheep within this psalm as a whole. Um, I was perusing the interwebs and found that there are only about 1,500, 1, working shepherds uh, in the United States today. That's a crazy low number when you consider the fact that there are around 270 million acres of nationally subsidized grazing lands for sheep uh, in the western U.S. And keep in mind that's not taking into consideration the privately owned lands that house and care for sheep as well. If we do the quick math, it means that for every shepherd, every working shepherd in the United States, there is 180,000 acres of grazable land that needs to be kept up and cared for. That's a lot of walking because shepherds do a lot of walking and that's a lot of work. And shepherding is not just corralling the sheep out of the pen, walking them to some good grass and shepherding them back into the pen at the end of the day. No, the prep work that goes into caring for and shepherding sheep is intense detailed, back-breaking work that takes time, patience, and a great deal of inner and outer strength. For instance, at the very beginning of the spring seasons, uh, shepherds will prepare the high grazing ground for their flocks before they ever take their flocks to feed from them. In the western U.S., the shepherds look to the highlands, the mesas, as the place where they will lead their sheep and lambs for grazing and feeding. Uh, Probably, something like this is uh, what we would think of as taking sheep to the mesas. Um, If you're having a tough time picturing a mesa in your mind, this image is just about the kind of thing that you would be looking for or would be viewing in the Western United States. Now, in Spanish, we know that the word mesa means table. However, did you also know that uh, we also see the same exact translation all over the world from Asia to Africa, a term adopted by various other cultures and nations as a term describing a flat place. However, these mesas, these high flat areas, are not ready for sheep to enter uh, just after the last snow of the winter season. These places, these tables must be assessed, they must be readied, they must be prepared. The shepherds will make their way up to the feeding grounds by foot, learning the land and routing paths that they will lead their flocks on. And as they do this, they are checking the mesas, the tables for poisonous plants that need to be uprooted. They are looking for water holes that need to be cleared of debris and sediment, and they are unclogging wellsprings so um, that they can flow freely, providing water for the flocks. This work takes time and dedication, patience and persistence. It's an act of love that the shepherds use to care for and protect their sheep. As I studied and read this week, I realized and remembered that Jesus, being our good shepherd, is always wanting to and desiring to lead us to well-prepared mesas, well-prepared tables. Jesus, in his loving and patient tone, says, Pongo una mesa para ti or I set a table before you. The thing is, as sheep, as his sheep, do we actually realize that he's doing this for us? Do you have a tough time believing that in the midst of your own pain and sorrow that Jesus has a high set apart place for you? A place that is prepared and lush and brimming with sustenance that will sustain you. Well, remember our verse for today, verse 5. Again, it states, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's here in the first half of the verse that we are faced with our own daily reality. Yes, Jesus prepares a table for us. However, he does so in the presence of our enemies. Now, going back to the reality of a shepherd's life, the shepherd can prepare the mesa and gently lead his sheep along his well-planned routes. But that doesn't mean that the mountain lions and the wolves and the wild dogs all of a sudden just don't exist. These predators, these master hunters, still exist in the crags and gullies of the mesas, watching and waiting for an unsuspecting sheep to wander too far away from the shepherd. In our lives, we know that we experience predators of various kinds every day. The predator of addiction to a substance or pornography or food. The predator of worry, fear, or depression that steal away and cloud our minds. The predator of work deadlines that just don't seem to ever end. Or the predator that lurks in your failures, reminding you time and again that you'll never measure up and you'll never be enough. As I list these things off and we ponder together their weight and pervasiveness in our lives, I wonder uh, if we remember that we are told that Jesus has set a table before us in the presence of these very predators, of these very enemies of ours. He offers us a space that is created and curated in and by his power that will be life-giving, nurturing, safe. But remember, the sheep is only as safe as long as he or she is close to the shepherd. Jesus will and does protect us, but we must stay close to him. Jesus wants a tranquil and peaceful mesa experience for us, but it's up to us to meet him there. So the question has to be asked, where is Jesus preparing a table for you? La mesa preparada, or the prepared table, is a reality for us, but it's up to us to look, not to the mesa itself, but to the one who has prepared it for us, Jesus. There is a high place for you. There is a spot where God is looking to offer you rest and sustenance and peace. It's a table that is prepared for you and for me. Now, verse 5 of Psalm 23 goes on to say, you anoint my head with oil, My cup overflows. Now, how does this pertain to the reality of shepherding and sheep? Well, oddly enough, as I'm sure you can guess, it absolutely does. Shepherds commonly use oil to help their beasts stave off or recover from bug bites. Think uh, neosporin or Benadryl cream or even diaper cream, a salve uh, uh, or an ointment of some kind, an oil that relieves uh, the annoyance of pain or itching. So here again, we see the shepherd's intentionality in how he cares for and offers relief to his sheep, to his flock. It's also how Jesus' actions are described in verse 5. It's an intentionality that the psalmist even goes so far as to call anointing. This is what Jesus is offering to us. But it usually helps if we know what is bothering and annoying us before we start slapping a bunch of topical medication on our issues. We're offered a moment in reading the verse to answer a question from Jesus. The question being, what is pestering or annoying you? Now, the terms pestering and annoying may seem to not be serious enough uh, for some of the things that we deal with in our lives. So what if we changed up the question a little bit? What if the question was something more like, where in your life are you experiencing woundedness? Now, there's a question that can get down to the real meat of an issue. And this question, too, leads us to a reality where we desperately need Jesus' healing balm, his healing hands, to come and gift us relief. What in your life needs soothing and calming by Jesus' hands and anointing? Again, as your good shepherd, Jesus desires to care for us in this way. And remember, the verse doesn't end there. It flows over into the last three words. My cup overflows. Verse five ends this way, reminding us of the massive abundance, the never-ending abundance that Jesus has for us. Jesus wants to give us this relief in such abundance that if we were able to, we could bottle it up and catch it in overflowing cups. There is a reality, though, that we have to understand And this one is tough for me, as I'm sure is tough for some of you as well. It's this. We have to know ourselves well enough to answer these questions honestly. Verse 5 from Psalm 23 goes like this. Let me read it again to reset our time together. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup, it overflows. If we were to exegete this verse, we come to an explanation that might read something like this. Jesus, as my good shepherd, you always provide a place for me to rest, re-energize, and restore even in the midst of everything that the world has to throw at me. You bring me peace and healing as I recover from the wounds that the world has inflicted upon me. The measure of these gifts these blessings is unobtainable. But remember, brothers and sisters, that as sheep, we must remain close to Jesus. In prayer, reading, and service to others, we must remain close to our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. My prayer for you this week is that in the midst of everything, in the midst of paying bills and driving the kids around and working at your job and taking care of friends and dealing with family and in the midst of all of this stuff, that you would remember that Jesus has set a table before you that offers a safe place to go and be filled with goodness. Will you go? Will you let Jesus lead you to the mesa of his provision? Will you let his blessings overflow? I pray that you will. Now let's pray together. Lord, Jesus, this week, help us to recognize you as you guide us into places of abundance, high places that you have set for us and readied for us. Help us to partake of your goodness there. Help us to partake of your blessings. We love you and we trust you as our good shepherd. Amen.